This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So, the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get rewards points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to another episode of Went to Mo Kings Meadow, the podcast that follows the WSL and FA Cup double winners, otherwise known as the Chelsea women's team. I'm your host, Dean, uh, joined for one final time this season by my co-host, starting with the delightful Jane. Jane, good to see you again. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm good, thank you. It feels weird not having any football this weekend, but it's just going to, that's what it's going to be like for the time being. Yeah, roll on the Euros, um, just to see something. Um, and then we're also joined, obviously, by our fellow co-host, Dane. Uh, Dane, good to see you again. How are you doing? Yeah, evening. Yeah, yeah. Did a long podcast last night. I tried to, I tried desperately to fit in your joke that I noticed <laughs> on, uh, on on Twitter, which I did find very humorous. But every time I thought I had a moment, JK come up with something else, as you know he does. So I couldn't, I couldn't find an opening. Yeah, caused a bit of a, bit of a storm. But um, <laughs> well worth it, I think, in the long run. Very nice uh, dapper shirt you've got on there as well tonight. I, I like that one. That's nice, isn't it? Yeah. Angel City, for those that are listening in black and white. Angel um, City, yeah. Yeah. I think I'm going to support San Diego. Oh, what? Because Alex Morgan? Well, no. Casey Stoney. Yeah. Carly's there. Carly's there. Yeah, they've, they've made a couple of good moves, actually, they have. Yeah. Gotham liked my tweet and then found out one of the players is no one likes her. Um, stands up during the taking the knee. So put them to one side. Um, <laughs> going to support San Diego for the summer. Uh, now, because it's a season review, I thought we'd get on some special guests. Unfortunately, uh, Ben Gilby, who was going to join us, is not well. So get well soon, Ben. But we are joined uh, fresh from the Champions League final. Uh, their pitch host, Mia Eriksson. Mia, welcome back to the show. How are you doing? Yeah, thank you. Yeah, I'm doing good. Uh, we're in the middle of our season in Sweden, so gonna have a lot of football on this weekend. Yeah, obviously we're all Lin Chirping fans, um, as you know, um, but we don't get to watch any games. By free will, I, I must say, by free will, right? 
Yeah, nobody forces us. No. It's all yeah. by choice. Glad to hear. So you know, I've lost where I was on my script. Um, so we are here tonight to review the 2021-22 season. Uh, we're going to reflect on a turbulent and successful season, both on and off the pitch, give our highlights and the low points of the season, discuss the future and some other bits and pieces as we remember them as we go. Um, so we're going to start with the league. Chelsea obviously finishing top of the table again. Uh, played 22-1-18, drawn two, lost two. 62 goals scored, 11 goals conceded, 56 points gained and a third successive league title won. Um, in the summer transfer window, Chelsea said goodbye to Hannah Blundell, uh, Jamie Lee Napier and Emily Murphy. Uh, we said hello to Lauren James and Anik Nowen. Charlotte Wardler, Aggie Jones, Georgia Fox and Emily Orman all went out on loan. Um, Jane, what did you make of that transfer activity? Because one of the reasons I didn't pick Chelsea to win the league in our uh, season preview was the fact that we didn't address the weaknesses that Barcelona exploited in the Champions League final. Uh, what did you make of just Lauren James and Nick Newman coming in, two sort of inexperienced players? Um, I think a lot of us didn't really know, obviously, Anique at first because she obviously hasn't played in the WSL before, but the likes of Lauren, we sort of knew what she was capable of. And I think we had a strong, although we had a few ups and downs last season, we had a strong enough squad and we sort of proved that this season, although last season didn't go the way we wanted, the squad we actually already had, we didn't need to bring in all these fancy players and sign loads of big players because Emma was happy with who she had. Yeah, there might be some disagreement when we get to December, um, but we'll wait for that point. Um, the day when we did our season preview, um, I predicted City would win the league based on you know, they had a good transfer window. Um, we'd won two in a row, so I thought we might focus on Europe more. Obviously, I'm glad to be wrong, as always I am. Uh, but winning the league is the ultimate test of a great team, isn't it? Yeah, it, it, it is. It's the bread and butter. You know, the league doesn't lie, does it? It's not like cup games. You you will have luck, but more often than not, it evens itself out over the season. And if you if you deserve to, if you finish top of the league, then you deserve to uh, be top of the league. Uh, I, I, there's massive debates, isn't it, on Twitter at the moment in the men's game regarding City and a lot of people taking the mick out of them, spend a billion pound and only win it by one point. Well, I wouldn't care. I wouldn't care if I, we spent 850, 900 million, whatever. You know, you win it. You deserve to win it. And uh, uh, Chelsea, I thought, thoroughly deserve to win it. And it's the thing that they should always go for. It should always be their main priority. Uh, the league is 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 the number one to me, and if you pick anything else up, it's a massive bonus. Yeah, and of course, you know, Chelsea have had to deal with a lot as we're going to go through um, tonight, and to come out on top at the end of that um, is truly something special. Uh, Namia, we saw a change in Chelsea's tactics uh, at the start of the season with them playing a three-four-three formation. Um, while it didn't quite work on the opening day when we lost to Arsenal, we saw the switch between Jess Carter and Mindy Bright pay off, and actually. This formation brought out the best in you know, certain players, including you know, Guru Wright and Aaron Copper, and specifically Penilla Harder. What did you make of that switch from Emma? Yeah, I think... I mean, we have seen switches... Uh, ...back... Emma has, has been doing changes this season when needed. That's what I feel. I feel that, I mean, if you look 
at how players have been moved around. Um, there, there been some adjustments to this uh, system and, and the formation, like with Aaron Cuthbert. Um, and I think it's this season kind of shows that there is awareness uh, of the fact that the gaps between the top teams, uh, they are becoming smaller and you have to make those changes uh, in order to, to win games. So, yeah, that, that's what I've been thinking about <laughs> this, this season. Like, the changes has been made when, when needed. Yeah, Chelsea have been very flexible over the course of the season. And, of course, during games as well, they go 3-4-3, you 3-4-2-1, know, 3-5-2, three, four, three, three, four, three, uh, even 4-4-2 four, four, at times as well this season. Um, Jane, talking about that opening day defeat, um, because we can enjoy it now for what it was, how much do you think that impacted the players to see the celebrations of the Arsenal manager? Because we saw them copy that pose at the end of the season. Do you think they had a picture of it on the wall in the dressing room to remind them? I think after that game, Emma definitely was like, this is ours. Like, we need to get revenge. Obviously, everyone knows they didn't even deserve to win that game. They won by luck. Um, there was definitely dart ball, darts being thrown at his celebration in the changing room. But I think that sort of... I think it actually helped losing that first game of the season. It sort of, like... Gave us a kick start and thought, right, we, they need to sort of switch it up if they want to have the outcome that they want. Like, they, if they want to win, they've got to, like, switch it up and be able to prove everyone, actually, just because we lost to Arsenal doesn't mean we're going to lose everything else. Yeah, and, and they proved that, actually, by going on a seven-game winning streak, um, helped by the fact that players such as Kirby, Kerr, Eriksson all returned to fitness following their late return. Uh, after the Tokyo Olympic Games in the summer... Uh, and then, Dane, we entered the period of December slash January when Chelsea really had you know, a really bad blip. Uh, they drew 0-0 with Juventus in the Champions League. They lost 1-0 to Reading. They drew 0-0 sorry, with Brighton. And then the final game of the year was the 4-0 defeat to Wolfsburg. Now, this kind of period of the four games gone wrong haven't really felt that for Chelsea before. And it was sort of unprecedented, wasn't it? Well, yeah, obviously not in, in in recent years, and it really tested, you know, uh, Emma, the coaching staff, the players, and it, it obviously hindsight is a wonderful thing. We now know how they reacted. They reacted obviously amazingly. You know, sports is is very funny in that you know it, it's not consistent. You know. When you think you're on the top of the world in sports, you know, sports can have a habit of biting you on the bum and you get a, a big wake-up call. And Chelsea had a few wake-up calls in that small period then and it tested them all. And they obviously come even closer. And it, it was a tough time as well, if you think around that Christmas as well. And still get lots of games being called off for, for, for COVID reasons. And, and, and obviously some accusations have come out in recent weeks that... You know, some people took advantage of it and didn't. You know, it was a bit strange because it wasn't Chelsea calling off the games. Uh, but yeah, it clearly tested us, and and we had to, you know, you, you know, brush ourselves down and 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 really go for it and and decide what you want out of the season because, you know, going back to you know, you just just talking to Jane about that first game of the season. The, the big thing that came out of that to me was was Emma afterwards, who always speaks so well, and was the first one of the first things she says. You know. 
uh, titles and not won and lost on the first game of the season. Luckily, when we're talking about these these games in that period, we were still in a very good position in the league to obviously get back on track and 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 obviously as we saw, take advantage of it. Yeah, like you say, on top of the world, December the fifth, I think it was, we won the FA Cup against Arsenal at Wembley, and then after that, you know, for the next four games, we don't score a goal, which is totally unlike Chelsea. Uh, Amir, just focusing on that Champions League defeat to Wolfsburg and. The Champions League in general. Um, you know, they played six games in the group. They won three, drew two, and lost one. They had 11 points, which was more than what mm-hmm. Arsenal got in the group stage, but obviously went out on goal difference. Um, what did you make of the whole situation? Because from runners up to losing at the group stage is a disaster, isn't it? Well, yeah, I actually, you know, I'm uh, on the flight to Torino. I actually ran into the Swedish head coach, Petty Aradson, and then we had the time to to chat a little bit uh, from from uh, between the connection flights. So we actually we talked about Chelsea and you know English football and and stuff like that. And I mean, I I do think that in to a point, the Champions League is a game can look. There can be certain situations in games that that can just make something happen that that you aren't uh, prepared for or, or something like that. I mean, we saw it in the final now <laughs> this weekend, and we saw it in the final last season that that you can you can face something and then things just happen. Um, and it's out of your control all of a sudden. So I, I do think that thinking about this, it's it's like, I mean, we can talk all we want about the fact that the first game versus uh, Wolfsburg was sort of the outcome uh, for the whole Champions League campaign. But then they played, they drew, drew um, versus Juventus at home. And I, this is where I, I must say that I I sort of like struggle to the fact that if you have a playing style and and you play a system and you have players to to play the system, of course you can change it uh, when you all of a sudden go up against a Champions League team. Uh, So so I do think this this is about finding your identity. Uh, And also I do think that in a way, uh, that Chelsea, they they were under pressure to make it to the knockout knockout stage, and we don't know how that affected the players. Even though we we know that they they are, uh, I mean, used to playing big games and finals and and stuff like that. But the Champions League is the Champions League. Um, I think we can we can agree on that fact that we we saw it in the final. This weekend between Barcelona and Lyon as well. It's the Champions League. It doesn't matter how how great you are through a season if you can't manage the the situations, and if you haven't been in the, in the situation before, you. I mean that could play a part. So I'm I'm like I feel I have to see another Champions League campaign with the group stage to actually have something to say about this season because it's been so small margins 
for every team and Chelsea were in the in a tough group but it's disappointing that a team that played the final the year before didn't make it through uh, because of the fact that in the first game versus Wolfsburg it was I mean it was silly goals stupid mistakes yeah, Dane, Mia makes obviously some, some great points there on the whole situation. How much do you think that's going to drive Chelsea next season, that, that disappointment? Well, the Champions League? Yeah. Well, it all depends, you know. It, it, it all depends on, on, on Emma's thoughts for, for the future regarding, you know, formations, tactics, players, you know. Uh, Emma, like, like, like the men's, can, men's, you know, Thomas Tuchel and the staff can only actually talk about who they're interested in, maybe they can make a call, but you know, how many people are going to wait around? You know, so many, so many uh, players, it looks like we, we have been interested in the men's side already look like they're signing for other, for other, for other teams. So Emma's in the same situation. Um, we can't wait. You know, we got some, some part bit of good news tonight, hopefully something else in the next 24 hours. And then I tell you what, they'll be straight onto the, the new board, you know, demanding, we need to act, we need to move, we need to move fast. Uh, it's got to be in the back of her mind, but you know, like like me also said, you know, players have to learn new positions. So if she's going to stick with that formation, uh, will she bring players in who, who who are you know big on those on formations who who really know how to play them well because they're used to it, or or will she just try and improve the squad? Uh, it's going to be interesting. A, a, a team of this caliber and and a manager of her class. Yeah, it, it's something that, that she's going to have. Uh, it's going to be a name, isn't it? It's going to be a challenge. And she would have learned lessons from that group stage. You know, we've seen it in in so many so many times over, over the years where one group is completely different than the other group. And as you said, you know, even though we've got more points than other teams, we went out and they went through. We, we, that happens a lot. And that's just, that's just tough. You know, you know the situation, you know how many games you're playing in that Champions League. And if you don't finish in the top two, you're not going through. But yeah, she it will be a massive challenge for her, and it will be so interesting. And as I said, if we can get some good news over the twenty four hours, and for for the women's and the men's team, it's going to be a it's going to be an exciting time. I I expect for 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 people coming in. Yeah, it seems like a positive situation for the club at the moment. But Jane, obviously, at the end of the season. But so, be- sorry, Dean. Without interrupting you, there's more stability with the women's team. So that's that's the massive bonus they've got over the men's team. There's a core there. There's a good squad there, and there's you know there's a good good family essence there. You haven't really. I I was when I was doing the men's last night. I I come up with almost fifteen who could leave the men's uh, who had question marks over them. You haven't got nowhere near that in the women's, and that is the massive bonus for Emma. Yeah, the two said they're not improving; they're rebuilding. Mm, exactly, which is yeah. obviously the difference between the two. Uh, Jane, the question I was going to ask you was around the rumours about Emma Hayes at the end of the season. Obviously, we don't believe them, but given that she's sort of took Chelsea to where they are now, she's won the league so many times, she won the FA Cup, she won the Conti Cup. Do you think that the missing piece is the Champions League and that's what's keeping her you know, focused and pushing her to continue with Chelsea and carry on until that goal is achieved? Yeah, I think all these rumours, obviously, we know they're rumours and they're not true. And I think she is determined to get the Champions League. I feel like if we had won the Champions League last season, it might have been a bit different because obviously she, we have to remember she's got a young son. He's, I think he turned three this month. 
And obviously she wants to spend time with him as well. And I do feel like if we had won the Champions League last season, she might have considered maybe leaving and focusing on personal life. But I think at the minute, as she said before, she's not going anywhere. She's happy at Chelsea. And you're not going to get anyone to be able to replace her either. Yeah, well, they have a tough job finding someone that controls so much of what the women's team does as Emma. I think it would be a huge thing. But you know, I'm sure she's going to be ready come the pre-season to start again. Um, now, the end of obviously the year means the transfer window is reopened. Uh, Chelsea signed Alsu Abdelina. And Poppy Sopa coming to the club with Carly Telford moving to San Diego. Um, but then we started the year without Magda Eriksson as well, who got injured in that Champions League defeat to Wolfsburg. But it must be said that the defence of Millie Bright, Anik Nowen and Jess Carter, along with Jonna Anderson as well, when they played the four at the back, you know, really proved their worth. I mean, they played Man United in the Conti Cup. They played City and Arsenal in the league. They beat City and drew 0-0 with Arsenal. All without Magda and at times in the previous season before this one, we really struggled when she was out. But this year, we, we really didn't notice her absence too much, did we? No, no. Like, obviously, obviously, uh, the footballers you mentioned, you know, even John Anderson, almost felt like she was almost one one leg, one foot out the door. You know, it had already been accepted. She'd go and she'd obviously had that in her head and she just wasn't getting much of a chance. But then she, she really come in and showed her worth so much. So a lot of sports are questioning, especially on Twitter. Oh, well, can we let her go? Can't, can't we try and talk her into to, to, to signing a new contract? When you talk about Jess Carter, who's, who's really gone from strength to strength. I mean, uh, you know, a certain host of this show, like really questioning her early on in the season. Uh, but, you know, she's turned into an England regular, you know, she's a tough, consistent competitor and, you know, she's almost turning into a bit of a leader now. She's saying real signs of, of, of leader materials, which I've always said, you know, if you, if you can get good six or seven captain materials in the team, you know, you've got such a, you know, you've got, you've got a start. Anik Nguyen as well. It could have been easy for her, like, settling into a new country, you know, trying to make friends and just adapting socially on and off the pitch. But at times, you know, we'd realised she'd only been played a couple of games and she'd already looked like she'd been there years. You know, I know Emma likes to say sometimes she likes to integrate players in. We've seen it with Jesse Fleming. We've seen it, whether harshly or not, that's a personal view for you as an individual with Lauren James this year. And and, and Emma's come out and and said straight away, it's not, it's not for now, it's for the future. It's only going to benefit her. But Anik, Anik obviously got in, got in quite early and, and stayed in until until she had a little injury. And she was she was really good as well. And you got remember her age and 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 what she can achieve and what standard she can reach. Then going on to Millie Bright, who's just absolutely outstanding. You know, if you think on a bad day, she's just still an eight out of ten. Uh, I think you know you, you, she's always been a consistent performer, a captain's a, a, a captain performer. You know, a, a big leader. And she again, she's just reached like more levels, which 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 just make us so lucky to have her. Uh, she's she's actually an absolute beast, you know, fitness wise. Uh, complete, you know, could, could you play ninety minutes and probably get, you know you you wouldn't think about resting her. You'd probably have to like you know force her off the field just to get her off because she's just one of those all round players that and a teammate that you could you could feel that the old team like you know get behind and 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 are inspired by. I think she missed seven minutes of the whole season, Millie, which was the first two games. She came off as a sub. But late on, obviously Chelsea were trying to win against Arsenal and then they were 4-0 up against Everton when she came off for Newman's debut, I think, in that game. 
and to play every minute of the rest of the season is truly remarkable. And I don't think she's got the plaudit she actually deserves. At the it's end hard of the though, season. isn't it? It's hard when you've got Chelsea, so many players there, so many consistent, so many brilliant players, and to you know, one week we'll be praising this, and we'll praise another player, and we'll praise another player, and you think, Jesus Christ, we're so lucky to see these these players play week in, week out. And you're right, some players don't get the, the, the credit they deserve, but when you step back, and it's times like this now when, when there isn't any games, like, like Jane said, and when you start to think about the games we've seen this season and the squad, and you think, wow, you know, so many consistent, world-class performers in that team, very lucky. Still a little bit annoyed that Sam Kerr headed that crossing. I think she could have left it. I think it was going in. Uh, me, I suppose the first time we did notice Magda's absence was the Conti Cup final. Uh, Chelsea losing 3-1 to Manchester City. Uh, Chelsea were leading the game, but you know, letting cheap goals quickly. They just couldn't pick themselves up. And I think you know, in those big moments is where you need your captain and your leader. And we did feel Magda's absence hugely in that game, along with some other players, it must be said. Uh, yeah, if you're looking at the game that she, she was absent... Maybe, but I, I, I've i looked at um, some data now uh, from the season and the fact is that, that Magda is a vital part of the way Chelsea build up and attack. Uh, I mean, the other defenders, yeah, they did a great job uh, while Magda was away, but none of them has the role that, that Magda plays um, and she's probably uh, out of the centre backs she is the most technical one she, she's technically skilled and she has been in, even though she was away for like three months I still think that she has the, the highest XA uh, of all the defenders and she has been on at the end uh, of many many touches in, in the final third for Chelsea. Uh, so I do think, and I do think for me, yeah, I, I agree. Uh, the game in the Conte Cup final, of course. But but I'm not sure that they would have won it with Magda in it. But I do think that one game for me that really stood out and you could you could tell the difference when Magda came on, it was the game versus Tottenham. Now, the first league game. Now they they played uh, when when AKB got the red card uh, and you have to attack and still be able to like defend and and stop counterattacks. Uh, there you could really see uh, the difference Magda can make uh, for Chelsea because none of the other centre backs have got her skills and and they don't do the same things. Uh, as her on the pitch. Uh, I think that's quite interesting because she's been used very, she's been used kind of differently uh, because last season she, she was the ball carrying center back. She was supposed to carry the ball up. Now she has been more involved in passing this season. Uh, so it, it's quite interesting when, when you look at it um, that way. But but then again, I also said that in the, like in the game versus Wolfsburg, if we're going to go back to that, that, that I thought that Magda, Jess Carter and Millie Brighton, they looked like they didn't trust each other fully. 
Um, so it's, I mean, it's football, <laughs> it's it's units and it's teams and and it's it's a lot of things. But yeah, I, I think I think Magda is a very important player for Chelsea in the way Emma wants to play football. One year left on our contract, um, but let's not worry too much today. Um, that can come in the future, I'm sure. Um, Jane, obviously you was at the Conti Cup final, the only one of us there. How disappointing was that on a cold day in the rain to lose a final? It was never nice, is it? Yeah, no, it was horrible. And I took my best friend as well. And I was thinking, like, I've told her we win all the time. And I've dragged her to this freezing cold game. And I was thinking she's going to hate me. She's never going to come back. But luckily she has come back, so she's not bad luck. But I just remembered sitting there. I was like, this is just not the way we wanted it to go. And it was so cold as well. And I think it was raining as well. I can't even remember. But I think we definitely could tell. Like, I think Erin was out of that game as well. Like, you could tell we were missing key players. But it's just it's just one of those ways. Some games go in our hand and then some games don't. But we redeemed ourselves in the FA Cup final. So that was all good. Yeah, as Jane mentioned there, Dane, every game following that cup final, Chelsea won, uh, which from February through to May is quite something. Um, obviously, it means we ended the season as double winners. That mentality is not something you can buy. It's not something you can manufacture easily. You know, it takes years to affect. And I think that's what Emma deserves the most credit for, what she's achieved with the squad. I know she's been given lots of money to spend. She's signed some amazing players. But formulating that mentality in the squad is where she's earned her keep. Yeah, you know, it's sometimes, you know, you you have the experts say it's it, the easy thing is to, is to sign players, but the hardest thing is to to get them to adapt to your philosophy, you know, get them get them to settle and, and, and get them that winning mentality. And obviously, she, as, as I said a while ago, there's, there's a good family feel, there's a togetherness there. And she's built a really good spirit, which is which is which is a testament to her and a, a, a coaching staff, and and uh, it's only a major bonus for 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 any player who, who wants to come and join Chelsea. You know, Emma has said plenty of times that she is she is interviewed. Well, you know, obviously when you talk to an interested footballer, and then you get a feeling now you're not going to fit in here, and that must be so hard because not judging someone on their football ability, judging someone on their personality. Uh, and then and then deciding well they won't fit in, but again as you said I, I thought we drew a game but maybe I'm wrong maybe I'm getting a mistake with someone else uh, but but to go on such an amazing run just shows you know that obviously the champions were absolutely deserved and it's an amazing achievement isn't it it's because you know you are tested through the season and it and it is it is how you bounce back and to lose the final. As you say, it's, it's the other way, didn't you? Because we, we mentioned that we when we won the FA Cup for the first time th- this season, we then went on, on on a bit of a struggle for four games. This time we lost a, a cup final then, then and flipped it the other way and went on an amazing wild run where we ended up winning the league. So and, a, and another FA Cup. Yeah, I think it's going to be interesting what reaction comes out of this um, documentary they've got and how Emma interacted with the players at the time they started recording. Just a few snippets seem really interesting, but we'll see, obviously, when it comes out. How open is it to everyone to watch? It's on YouTube. It's on YouTube. Oh, OK. Um, before they go behind a paywall. Um, 
whatever they're called. It Dazzle. was originally going to be on Netflix. When they first started recording it, um, like, before COVID, it was going to be a Netflix documentary. But then I think where COVID sort of hit, I don't really know why it changed to round. But so in, at least this way, everyone can watch it. That's a good thing nowadays, especially with the app. You can watch it on your TV, can't you? It's, uh... Yeah. Hmm. It looks good. Um, Mia, we spoke about winning the double, but, but at times it wasn't always pretty, um, such as the FA Cup final against Manchester City, actually. Um, but, you know, when the chips are down, I don't think there's anybody like Chelsea in the WSL that can muster performances and get over the line when they need to. That's what you would agree with? Yeah, I I think it's like that. If we're gonna you, you we can discuss this all we want, but we have to thank Birmingham because if they didn't have one versus Arsenal with four two, Chelsea wouldn't have won the league, even though they would have won uh, all the games they that they have won lately. So it's like I think was <laughs> I do think that football doesn't have to be pretty. You just have to score goals and prevent the other team from scoring. But I would like, as a fan to a club, I would like to see some more stability uh, in order to win. Like, And that stability you can see in Lyon. You can see it in Wolfsburg. You can see it in, in other teams. Uh, I do think that the second half of the season, you could see it in Manchester City as well. Um, it's like, you know, looking back at the, the last season's um, Champions League, I do think that Chelsea were lucky to, to reach the final. They were lucky because Atletico Madrid didn't put their penalties into the goals, into the goal, and Wolfsburg hit the woodwork like five times, and Chelsea were shaky uh, and I would like to see some stability I do think that it's going to take some years for Chelsea at the moment to reach a Champions League final again because a Champions League final I mean there, there w- weren't no fans at the last season's Champions League final but this time I mean being see a final uh, live at the stadium, you can see that how much it takes from a team to win. It's a certain environment to have a, a big wall of thousands of fans that is there to cheer for your opponents. And and yeah, I don't know how to explain it, but I would like to see some stability in Chelsea's in Chelsea's play. Because I don't, I don't feel that all the time in the WSL as well. I don't do that. And I don't think it's always pretty. Uh, with that being said, like the FA Cup final versus Manchester City, I do think that Manchester City played the, the best football. But Chelsea won. And it was scrappy goals. And it doesn't matter. Like, because they won. So obviously, as a Chelsea fan, you're happy. But... I would like to see some stability in and a playing style where because it's not always good to move players around. 
because when you're you're in the Champions League, uh, you have to make it work. The way you train, the way you play in your league, you have to make that work uh, in the Champions League. And I do think that Arsenal and Manchester City are heading in a direction now where it's going to be very interesting to see where Emma Hayes goes with Chelsea next season. Yeah, one of the players said they were like potatoes, so they could be in different forms um, of how Emma wants them, which was quite interesting. But obviously we'll see in the transfer window who she buys or who she targets. Then when we look ahead to next yeah. season, obviously we can discuss... But it, but it's like this. You, you, you can see it in Manchester City. We take Manchester City as example. As an example, you don't move Lauren Hemp to the central parts of the midfield, no matter how great of a player she is, and she would probably do good. But she makes Manchester City the best that they can be by playing her where she is the best, because probably she is the player that that makes. Uh, Manchester City's XG high, their XT high, and their XA high. You don't move her around because then you wouldn't be getting the best out of Manchester City. Yeah, I suppose he's putting your best players in their best positions. Um, and I think the 3 4 3 has been to accommodate as more than we have done in the past. Uh, but like you said, we will see what happens with who she buys and what they do in pre-season and, and beyond. But we will look ahead to that um, before the season starts. Um, Jane, obviously you've been following the team for a few years now. Um, where does this league title rank in terms of the ones we've won? Um, this is the first actual league title I've seen us win since following the game. So obviously this one means a lot more to me than others would but then other supporters would say differently but I feel like because this is the first season back properly after Covid and where fans were away for so long we were sort of connected in that sort of way because we realised how much we missed football so it was nice to be back and everyone together so I think you could ask anyone and everyone's reason would be different to why this one is so sort of special but for me this one is special because it's the first league title I've seen us win. Yeah, I think many would agree. And actually, I think it's maybe the hardest one we've had to win, um, given what's happened on and off the pitch. Um, the way in which we won it, Dane, obviously, on the final day against Man United at Kings Meadow, over 4,000 in attendance. You know, that was a really special moment, wasn't it, for, for Chelsea women? Yeah, yeah, I'd just like to say, I, I, actually, I agree with Jane, actually. I think this is the toughest <laughs> And this is the best one ever, and I'm 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 also in agreement with with Mia. I think we've reached a level now, and it's it's going to be massive, really massive in the summer to decide where we're going. I I I it pains me to say it, but I can I think City were the form team coming in coming through to the end of the season once they got all their players back. I thought they were playing the best football, and I can see what they're trying to do. And we've reached a level now where I, I with this set of players, you wonder if we can go up or we're just going to come down. So it's going to be so fascinating what goes on. Because uh, you have to, you have to keep improving that score. Uh, so it'll be really, really, really interesting to see. Uh, yeah, no, it was. Man United started started really well, didn't they? Uh, you know, uh, I can only 
probably people listening to oh, God, he's going on about Mark Skinner again, but I've, I wasn't a big fan of his. I know he struggled in, in Orlando uh, and he's come over and uh, sometimes you are sucked in by his, his talking because he, you know, he, he talks so passionately and there's such belief in his game and, I mean, you get sucked into it, and afterwards you think, well, you, you, you know, I've just seen your team get beaten four or five nil. So, you know, there, there's there's a miscommunication somewhere. But in this and in, in this instance, you started to see him starting to get things right, starting to get his philosophy across. And in the first half against us, I thought he really got his tactics, his decisions, and everything right. You can't blame, obviously, the players for obviously being a bit nervous and and, and you know feeling a bit of weight on their shoulders. They are humans, after all. But yeah, Man United had had a really good first half. But Emma showed her qualities. The player showed their qualities. But had a bit of a, a bit of a system change and a couple of substitutions, and they came out in that second half and just you know it was like a uh, it's like a bang, wasn't it? And and it, w- what a great way to do it in front in front of all those supporters live on telly. Uh, they really did step up in that second half, and it, it was a fascinating and enjoyable watch. Yeah, I think it helped a lot that City were winning comfortably. I think that knocked Man United's, you know, confidence, you know, because they had nothing to play for then. And obviously it helps when Sam Kerr scores two amazing goals as well um, that you can't really account for when you're setting up your team defensively. Um, Mia, the question I was going to ask you, you've already answered. So I'll ask you about, obviously, you was at the final of the Champions League. Um we saw over 4,000 at King's Meadow. We've seen 90,000 people at the new Camp for the Champions League. This is a really exciting time for women's football, isn't it? And the growth just seems to be getting massive and massive every year. Yeah, I mean, it's... it's. I, I, I was at uh, Camp Nou for the Real Madrid versus Barcelona. Uh, yeah, Barcelona versus Real Madrid is probably the right way to put it and and it was like it kind of make me makes me a little bit upset now you're gonna have to excuse me because i i do realize that i have no clue what i'm talking about when it comes to king's meadow but um it it kind of irritates me a little bit when when fans doesn't want to see chelsea women play at stanford bridge because it also irritates me a lot when Arsenal is was they sucked at getting getting people to come and watch them play Wolfsburg, who is uh, probably one of the best teams in Europe, uh, and you you could read all over the internet. Oh, it's because it's a North London derby uh, on Saturday uh, versus Tottenham, who probably gonna get smashed by Arsenal anyway. Uh, and I do realize I don't get the, you know, the London Derby football culture. But what I do think that, uh, and here's where I uh, I agree with what Emma Hayes said. I think it was after the the Champions League uh, Barcelona games there that the clubs and the FA they have to take responsibility to to market the games because they don't do it enough now because they know that they uh, get people to come to King's Meadow because it's not that big of a stadium. But if they never move the games to the bigger stadiums in England regularly, they, they're, they're not going to have... They are not being forced to market the women's game 
And I also get that there's a, another another side to the story uh, that it's the like I don't know even know the English word for this, but the the atmosphere uh, at King's Meadow uh, is is important as well. But I mean, I'm you, you can't even tell me tell me uh, or try to convince me that no Chelsea player in the women's team would say no to an atmosphere as it was at uh, Camp Nou. You, you yeah. can tell me that, even though King's Meadow is, is like cozy and, and small and, and like, you, you can't even tell me that. Because I, I do think that every Chelsea player in that Chelsea team would want to experience what the Barcelona and Real Madrid uh, player players were experiencing that night. And I could see it when I was in Torino uh, this weekend as well. It's not impossible, and it's time to for the clubs in England to step up and just. You can't just speak about the fact that you are the biggest league in Europe and and the best league in Europe in in every way. Uh, just just come on now. Yeah, I suppose the issue is how they market, as you said. As if Jane, you went to Stamford Bridge, there was twenty five thousand. Um, at that game against Tottenham uh, a few years ago, the atmosphere against Man United on the final day with 4,000 would have been better that day than it would have been at that ground. I suppose that's the worry for Chelsea fans that go to Kings Meadow now, isn't it? That they can't replicate that because there's not enough people there. I think if we're guaranteed to determine to fill the whole of Stamford Bridge, then I'd say, yeah, like play there because you'll get the atmosphere. But the Tottenham game... A couple of years ago, although there was 25,000 people there, it wasn't the same because it wasn't where it is so big and it wasn't like full. Um, and we only actually had that many people there because the tickets were free. And I think you could have got a lot more for free tickets. But I feel like if you can feel, I don't know what Sanford Bridge's capacity actually is. Um, 43,000. But still, if you can fill it to that sort of capacity, then you. Fans wouldn't mind playing games there, but when you're not getting the capacity that the stadium fills, you'd rather play them at your home ground. Because I think the game against United, we had such a good atmosphere with United fans as well as the Chelsea fans. It just felt sort of more like home. Yeah. Can I just add something to that as well? Because it that was two years ago. We are yeah, seeing things was, now. Yeah, we are seeing yeah, things now. Yeah, if you were to play it now, yeah. and I think even if they gave the free tickets again, you'd get a lot more um, than what you had two years ago because obviously the women's game has grown so much. Yeah, obviously you've got the Euros in England this summer. Uh, and there's no men's football on in the summer this year. Then I suppose it's it's how they obviously do it. Can they do the Champions League games at Stamford Bridge? I suppose it can't be a gimmick, though. It needs to be the norm. Yeah, yeah, no, it, it, it's it's hard because obviously, you know, I haven't been to King's Meadow. I've only played there, you know, as a aspiring footballer many, many moons ago uh, when it was Kingstonians. So I, I haven't got not got a connection to it. I didn't have a great time there, time so <laughs> I need to go back there to banish some some demons. But uh, I can understand Jane's loyalty to it, and then and, and coming to Stamford Bridge, it will 
it would be could be quite hard. But as, as Mia said, trying to grow the, the women's game, it'd be nice. It'd be nice to to to, to try it. And and you're right. It can't just be a gimmick. It can't just be all you know all, all this crap that sometimes you see over the world. You have to be have to be professionally done. At the same time, you have to you have to get people in. It, it, it's pointless if you're not going to. I suppose fill the stadium, and and I'd like to see them try. I'd like to see them, you know, do Champions League. I think did I hit read Arsenal have have uh, announced for next season? Maybe six, is it seven games or is it? Is it I'm six, sure they've announced six. Six, 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 six games next season, which which shows that they're trying. Uh, so so it would have been the interesting one, but let's be honest, you know, if the right people talk to uh, at the club, talk to the to the right people within the women's game and 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 supporters like Jane, I'm sure. I'm sure you know you can come up with, with with some great ideas on how to get people in. It would be it would be nice. Uh, it would be nice to go and view it. Hopefully, I'll get down to Kings Meadow before I see the ladies uh, at Stamford Bridge. So so then I could compare. But yeah, it's something they they should really look 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 to go down. But I can understand why people would not want to as well. Yeah, I suppose it's how it, right now there's a Twitter account called at WSL Attendances, and they released all the information of the previous season and. You know, two teams in the WSL play at men's grounds 100% of the time. That's Birmingham and Reading. Uh, Reading's average attendance was 828 and Birmingham's was 732. Um, next was Leicester. They did 73%. Their average is 2,446. Well, if you had that in, at Kings Meadow, you wouldn't feel the notice, I don't think, too much. If you had that at Stamford Bridge, you would notice it tremendously. Um so I suppose, it, it, as Mia said, it's about how they market the game and how they get you know people returning to watch the team over and over again. I mean, we didn't have 4,000 every week at Kings Meadow, but because we were winning the league, we had 4,000. So I think we need to can explore I, as well. How can we I can... say something again? Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, because I, I just, I, I don't want people to misunderstand uh, the marketing thing because it's like, it's also the fact that a team and a club can be a brand and if you market the brand uh, not just about the men's team uh, but also about the women's team i do think that you can you can like i i get the fact that barcelona is like you have the camp new it's like a tourist thing you go to if you go to barcelona you don't have to be a, a barcelona fan to to visit camp nou i don't know what it's like with stamford bridge but but also it's like it's like it's the brand that they need to to market they need to push it it can't be just a one timer um, and i'm not saying you should play every game uh, at stamford bridge um, because obviously English football is different from, um, but I do think that that what Barcelona has been doing with these events, uh, they have been showing that it's possible when the best football in Europe is being played, it's possible for women's football to fill an arena with 99,000 in capacity. They have shown showed it so that's what I, I i i'm actually because i do think that you don't have to be a fan of barcelona to enjoy that atmosphere that was there yeah no, lots of people went to that game obviously that don't support barcelona or real madrid just to experience women's football in front of 
a crowd that would typically be reserved for the men's game. And if you look at Chelsea, they've got to play the harder Sam Kerr, Frank Kirby, Aaron Cuppert, you know, big names that can attract supporters. So let's see what they do next season. They didn't play any games at Stamford Bridge um, since obviously three years ago. Um, so it is overdue and maybe if they want a difference in the Champions League, then that might be a route that they can go down. Um, Jane, let's go back to the football last season. Then obviously the final game we saw was at Wembley when Chelsea beat Man City 3-2, as we talked about already. It was the second cup final we've been to. So we've been in December, as we spoke about when we beat Arsenal 3-0. I think that's right. Yeah. Losing track of cup finals. So many cup finals. Um, which one did you prefer? Oh, I don't know. I preferred like both of them for like different reasons. Like the one at Christmas, I don't think no one expected us to win it 3-0. Like I feel like it all happened quite quickly. But then the one like like yeah, last weekend. I can't even think when it was. I feel like we knew it was gonna be intense. I didn't think it was gonna be I didn't think it was gonna go to extra time. Um but it was sort of like there's different reasons for both. Like they were both exciting and both sort of had different outcomes. Obviously the Arsenal one, we won it sort of quite early. Like we've like sealed the win. Whereas the game the other week, it was sort of, we had to work a lot harder to be able to get that trophy. Yeah, obviously it was obviously great to beat Arsenal and put one over Ardeval, um early on in the season. But then you've got the summertime at Wembley. You know, it wasn't a very nice day, but, um, weather was, um, but you had forty nine thousand, which was a record. Again, on what we've just spoken about about big crowds at big events, I mean, it doesn't help that Wembley is designed terribly, but the atmosphere was very good. The, when you see the goal and Cuthbert's goal, when you see all the supporters in the background going crazy. It's not how you typically, in the past, if you don't follow women's football, you'd think of women's football to look like that. And I think that was huge. Um, I suppose because you held the trophy after City, that's got to be your favourite, hasn't it? Oh, yeah, 100%, because I actually got to touch. Like We get to sit at Kings Meadow now and again, but you can't actually physically touch it or hold it. So it was nice. And to hold, get one a picture of one of the medals as well, that was nice. So that one will be my favourite. <laughs> yeah. Um, Dave, before we go to a break, I think we should briefly touch on the elephant in the room, which is the sanctions imposed on Chelsea Football Club uh, back in March now, uh, March the 10th, uh, when Roman Abramovich was sanctioned by the UK government. Um, it threw everything into into chaos. Both Chelsea teams played that day. Uh, Chelsea women played against West Ham, uh, 1-4-2. Um, yeah, it was the same day that Free said they didn't want the shirts uh, sponsor on. So someone said that they'd gone to Sports Direct to buy blue T-shirts. It was just a bit mad, wasn't it? And the fact that that didn't derail anything for Chelsea women. Um, they focused entirely on the league and the FA Cup since that. Won both. Again, that speaks to what we talked about earlier about the mentality and the belief they have in each other. Yeah, yeah. We could obviously get into the political side of it, which which we, we could be here all night. Uh, I understand why, why the sanctions came in, but it was like a load of clueless people with a blank piece of paper just making up rules as they went along and, and decided to punishment, punish us with, with, with no prior history of, 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 of being involved in, 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 in these, in, in these, these sort of uh, 
sanctions before in a sports club and it, it, you know we, we all know it could have been handled better uh, especially the fans and fans being punished and you know they could have just uh, opened a bank account couldn't they and, and and put all the all the profits that we we made from when they sanctioned us to, to still now in there and just and just froze it uh, but they, they just wanted to punish everyone for, from the fans to 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 the, the the people there who you know just the innocent people who just worked there who probably didn't even didn't even support Chelsea and and, and just needed the income. But you've got to say, yeah, you know, the, the forefront at Chelsea, all we were seeing was was Emma Hayes and with the men's was Thomas Tuchel and they took on so much. And, as you know, as Jane said earlier, you know, uh, Emma's Emma's got her own little family that she, that she cares about, clearly loves, clearly very loyal to, and she's had that. And poor Thomas, what, what we found out is always going through, obviously, a, you know, a breakup of his marriage, yet they were, they were both fair being the true leaders they were whilst whilst other certain people uh, who in the club who, who was hiding hiding behind you know hiding in the background when they should have been there taking a lot of the flack as well and uh for for for, for emma and the women's team for the way they reacted the way they how professional they were you know they carried on doing their job uh and absolutely amazing and you can only commend them because you know we, we don't know what's you know we, we form an opinion of, of 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 footballers uh sports stars and we haven't got no clue what they're like you know we think we know the personality we think we know this we think you get you see the odd interview on you know this is my favorite color or this is my favorite you know pop act or my film but you know we have, we've got no clue what they're like we we, we like to believe uh, what we know but, but they've come out of this you know you know so well uh you know they're, they're so inspirational and you know they, they, they talk so well and yeah it, it's it's an absolute honor to you know to follow them and, and and to watch them and 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 to win the league under under all those all those handicaps was was absolutely amazing. Yeah, we we did do a whole podcast on the sanctions uh, a few months ago now, probably. Um, so we're already over time, and we're not even at the end of part one. So that's all we're going to talk about the sanctions. Um, it looks like Chelsea got new owners. Uh, it's been ratified by the Premier League, so hopefully the government don't take too long now. Um, if yeah. you want to listen. Back to that episode, you can do just go back in the archive, however you listen to it, and, and find that episode. Um, we're going to go for that break now, and then when we come back, we're going to do some sort of award stuff and a bit more fun than sanctions on Chelsea Football Club. Uh, so we'll be right back. Jesus, Chidge, JK. In all the years you've been following Chelsea, you hardly ever miss a match, home or away. But how would you feel? If you couldn't be there, and it's not on TV. Oh, Chich, I'd be bereft. Inconsolable. The thought of missing my beloved Blue Boys live. <laughs> it's all too much. <laughs> I know, JK, I know. It's all a bit too much, isn't it? Yes. <laughs> well, panic not. NordVPN have come to the rescue. They have? Yep, NordVPN allows us to watch any match, even if it's not on live TV here. They do? Yeah, they do. With just one click, they switch your virtual location to a country which is showing the match, and they act as your cyber bodyguard whilst online, protecting your personal data and sensitive info like card details and passwords. Oh, wow, great. Uh, but yeah, I bet that'll cost me a fortune. 
Actually, JK, it's only the price of a cup of coffee per month, and you can use your account across six devices. It's a bargain, JK. And best of all, no more tears for you. Oh, thank you. Thank you, NordVPN. I'm so happy. I could cry. <laughs> Where do I sign up, Jidge? Well, to get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com forward slash Chelsea Fancast. There's no risk with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee, and you'll help support the Chelsea Fancast. The link is in the podcast episode description box. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Real fans, real opinions. For Chelsea fans everywhere, this is the ultimate football app for you. For match highlights, interviews and the best Chelsea videos and podcasts. Download the free CFC Blues app now from the App Store and Google Play. Welcome back to Wentham Kings Meadows season review show. Um, time now, we're going to look at the high points and the low points of the season. Uh, but before we do that, we've got some of our Twitter followers who've given us theirs. Uh, Jane, do you want to read those out for us? Yeah. Um, at history underscore beckons, Sophie Ingle did the tough job as a sole defensive midfielder in the side game after game, in the side game after game, and gave a great few assists and pre assists. Rebecca Grasby said, Erin Cuthbert, the unsung hero, even now that people are recognizing more because the recognition still does not go far enough, right into and known. We didn't expect her to be thrown in so early and start so many games, but we proved herself more than capable. Um, Johnny Stiltoe, I think that's who the Prince were from, weren't they? That was a Sam Kerr one. That was a very very good print. Um, He said, I very much enjoyed Sam scoring the stoppage time winner versus Villa and having all the Arsenal lot mocking that celebration as she only scored against the team down the bottom. If that goal hadn't have happened, they had would have won the title. At Premier Chelsea Podcast, a high point coming back from winter break, almost a month off due to COVID and getting right back into it. Playing City and Arsenal back-to-back and not losing, I think was the springboard for the rest of the season. Low Champions League exit, unsung hero, hero Erin and Guru. Um Jay said, high point, the game against Leicester, I think really enjoyed the football, plus Lauren James' first goals of blue. Obviously winning the league and securing the double. Low points, I think that's the same for everyone. Unsung hero, I've got a few, really. Millie really stepped up when Magda was out. Hang on, there's another part to the tweet, I think. Yeah, and I think Erin's finally getting her recognition, but, but can't hurt to reiterate how much we needed her in midfield. Guru has been amazing. Our die on the Jess Carter is fantastic in that backline hill. AJ back, AX Benjack said, definitely Millie captain that defence for month. Lows the defeat that meant so much to Arsenal. I thought we were done getting out through by Wolfsburg, not scoring against Juventus. Millie only playing seven games. Highs every single Sam Kerr goal. There's loads to name. 
There were a few games where Peniel decided to win the game for the team on her hope on her own, and they were great. Then Erin became vital, and we beat everyone. Everyone. It's been a fine, a fine triumph in a difficult year for the Chelsea women's team. Um, at I can't even. I don't even know how to pronounce it, so I'm not even going to attempt it. Low points: the Juventus Reading Wolfsburg stretch, and when the club got sanctioned, high points finishing strong with the double after months of hardship. Ung San Hero probably so if she gets the least mentions. Frankie said high point would be probably be winning the league, especially as we're in second for most of the season. Low point would have to be the Juventus Reading Wolfsburg week. Ung San Hero could go to a few players, but for me it was Jess. Harrison said high po- high point winning the league on final day. Low point getting knocked out of the Champions League. Ung San Hero Erin. Michael said high point, the second goal from Sam in the last game. Low point, the 4-0 loss in Wolfsburg. I was there. It was horrible. My young son hero, maybe Jess and Sophie Ingle. And I think that's all of them. Oh, Christopher said, young son hero, Aslu, Lauren, Marin and Drew with tolerating having to keep the bench warm. High point, despite not playing well at times, getting the job done anyway. Low point, Sam's golden boot trophy, a block of wood. At least the men get a fake gold boot. Yeah. Thanks for everyone that replied. If, if Jane missed you out, it was her fault. Um, <laughs> so sorry about that. They're the only um, ones that were loading, so I blame Wi-Fi. Yeah. <laughs> so we've all got, we've got three questions to answer. One is your high point of the season. The second is your low point of the season. And your third is your unsung hero of the team uh, for the year. So, Jane, what would your three be? Um, high point for me is obviously going to be holding the FA Cup trophy. That is my favourite part of the whole season. Um, low point probably would be that sort of December spell where it didn't really sort of go our way, but we bounced back. Like no one would think we'd sort of had that sort of low season, how we ended the season. And I think unsung hero probably has to go to Jess. She deserves... There's so many players that don't get the recognition they deserve, but I think just this season has had a brilliant season. Yeah, of course. Uh, Dame, what would your three be? High point. Uh, well, apart from obviously that, that final day lifting, beating Man United, was probably the Arsenal beat the, the first FA Cup we, we won in this season. Uh because it was, you know, we would obviously seen the first game of the season where we lost to Arsenal. And then we obviously both got into our stride, you know, you know, players were back, players were fit. So it was a good time to test ourselves. And I thought it would have been a, been, been a, a lot tougher, a lot closer game. But obviously the poor Arsenal manager and his, and his colour cards got a little bit uh, confused with, with with Chelsea's tactics and then he forgot obviously what what tactic was on what card and he and he, poor old Katie McCabe got one in her face. Uh yeah and it was it it was it was three uh, nil was 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 very generous to to Arsenal. It should have been like a seven or eight nil. It was it was an absolute demolition and it was so one sided. Uh so that was a massive highlight for me. Low was probably uh just trying to understand what, what what poor Fran might have been going through if, if her struggles uh, again, and and just you know the heart going out to her because she's obviously you know as I, I 
bit contradict myself because I say, you know, we don't, we, we don't, we really don't know what they are, what they're like behind the scenes, but you, you form an opinion. It's only natural. And, and, and she's obviously well loved uh, and, 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 and appreciated and world-class and, and yeah, I just didn't want her obviously to go through, you know, what she went through before. And you know, it's, it's nice to see her back, obviously a lot sooner than, than I suppose we all guessed and, and, you know, a chance to play for England as well. So that was, a, and, and, and as well for Abdelina, you know, what was, what was, must've been very hard for our, that was a low point. I thought, you know, what was going on in her country as well would have affected her. And, and as I said, a new footballer who, who wouldn't know the language and only been in this, this country for, for a while. And, and she, she must've been so worried for her family and, and obviously and friends and she was put in a in a in a position. Uh unsung hero. Wow, yeah, it's it's like picking a, a player of the year, isn't it? Because there was there was uh, quite a lot of footballers this season who 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 have gone on gone on to different levels, I, I believe, you know, I think Guru's at an outstanding end of season, uh, after sometimes being sort of mucked around with a left wing back role. I thought Jesse Fleming, uh, you know, she, she really, although obviously she's been out of the team come the end of the season uh, on, on a sub role, you know, she really stepped up. Uh, obviously, Anik being again, new, 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 new football in a new country, but I think, you know, Erin and Jesse's levels, they, they went to, you know, they went up a couple of levels and were absolutely outstanding. So it'd be hard to, to choose between them two. I won't force you to, because it is the final show of the season. Uh, Mia, what would your three be? Yeah, obviously the, the wins uh, and the title wins, but but I'm going to say uh, the Tottenham game for me again. Uh, that was kind of the higher point uh, for me. Uh, just like turning, turning that whole game around, um, with a red card and and all of that, thought it was a great game. Uh, yeah, and the low lowest points of everything was the Wolfsburg in 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 Wolfsburg. I mean that was a horrible game. Um, Covid or not Covid, I don't care. It was terrible uh, from start to finish. Um, and a Swede getting injured, we don't want to see that. Um, and unsung hero, yeah, Erin Cuthbert for me all day. I think that Erin Cuthbert will be a if if she if she were <laughs> if she was um, important player this season. I think she's gonna play a bigger and more vital part in Chelsea's midfield next season than ever, uh, and probably more than we can imagine right now. Yeah, I think she's going to wear the armband uh, one day in the near future. Um, my high point of the season was Chelsea versus Brighton back in October, because that was the first time I got to Kings Meadow. Uh, obviously, we started this podcast, myself and Jane, during lockdown, so nobody was at games. Um, and that was the first one I could go to uh, at the start of the season, um, thanks to my son being born um, around the Everton game. So, yeah, that was the high point for me. Uh, the low point, I would have said the Wolfsburg game, to be different, I will say the Sam Kerr when she knocked out the pitch invader. Because although it was, you know, an iconic moment, I didn't actually agree with the celebration of it. Um, 
the way it was praised and stuff in in the press, I thought it over exaggerated what could have been a very serious situation, and hopefully it hasn't happened again since. And unsung hero, I would give to Penilla Harder because at times in the season she dragged Chelsea to results. Um, the goal she scored against Man United was incredible. And she literally dragged the ball from one hand of the pitch to the other and scored. Um, she had her injuries, so I think that's why she's not in the end of the season conversation for the big awards. But I think she deserves a mention uh, at some juncture, and that juncture is, is right now. Um, you can still let us know yours if you want. We're not going to read them out on the show, but you can tell us all the same. Um, let's go through our end of season award winners then. Um, we'll start with our moment of the season, Jane, which we gave to Sam Kerr's last-minute winner against Aston Villa and the subsequent celebrations. That was just such a huge moment, wasn't it? Because we thought the league was going then. Yeah, I think we could have sort of given that sort of award to anyone, but I think at the time we sort of thought, oh, my God, this could actually go the other way. She sort of just sprung back and was like, no, don't worry, guys. The league's coming home with us. So I think she definitely deserved it. Yeah, top off waving it above her head and then Emma Hayes looking like she's going to punch somebody in the face and Erin pulling her back which is yeah no that chaos. was quite funny yeah um, so a deserved winner Mia do you agree with that for a moment of the season yeah for sure I think it's it's like moment we won't get to see that many times and because of the fact that it again was a Swede that made the assist for that goal I must say Always planned that was um, yeah. for Chira to give the assist. For um, sure, I'm sure she had practiced yeah. a lot. That was another that. low point because I missed that match, um, so I didn't get to see a Chira assist. Uh, the second award we had was goal of the season. Uh, in the end, we went with Sam Kerr second versus United. But in truth, Dane, I mean, there's so many goals we could have picked. The harder versus United, as I mentioned, Sam's Kerr's volley in that same game the one we gave it to. Uh, Jesse Fleming versus Spurs. Sam Kerr's chip versus Arsenal. There was just a, an abundance of amazing goals. Yeah, but Sam Kerr's, uh, uh, you know, little uh, highlights of, of her goals this year. I saw, you know, usually get one wonder goal a season, but wow, you know, she made it was amazing, yeah. And you, you forget, obviously, Penilla. Sometimes you forget, obviously, the games that were early on in the season. But I remember watching Penilla's, and it was just like, she, okay, uh, you know, it's, she's going, she's going, she's going, she's going all the way, and it was, yeah, absolutely outstanding. Uh, and obviously, yeah, Erin's in the final. Wow, you know, as Andy Gray used to say, you don't save those. It, we, we've seen some amazing uh, goals this season, and uh, again, it's just such an honour to watch, isn't it? It is such an honour to watch uh, these these world class players score. Well, let's be honest, world class goals. You know that chip that Sam did in, in the first FA Cup final against Arsenal was ridiculous. And then to follow it up with the goals we've seen her score. Yeah, ah, Jesus Christ, it, it's an honour. Yeah, you know it's it, they'll be watched for years and years to come. And and you know she put, definitely put herself up in folklore with those. Yeah, I think that the whole WSL goals of the season could just be Chelsea. Yeah, it should um, be. <laughs> and then there would be no complaints. Mia, what would you have picked for goal of the season? Uh, actually, Jess 
Carter's goal versus Man United, I think it was in the CONCACAF semi-final, because I think that, I mean, for me, I, I thought that was a perfectly, like, from the build-up to, to scoring. Uh, obviously, spectacular goals is extraordinary and fantastic to watch, but but I'd li- I like to see a proper build-up and just like that. I-, I thought that goal was amazing. So that's the goal of the season for me. Yeah, you can tell which one of the four of us analyzes football um, and gets paid for it. <laughs> um, we just like bang in the corner goal. Instead of not all this passing about the back stuff. Yeah, English football is all about tap, tap, boom. Just yeah. getting the ball up to the attackers and they will manage. But we've seen that that doesn't always work out in Europe, outside England. So I like to see a, a proper <clears throat> goal played in style like that. Yeah, this is the award bit though. So none of that talk about Europe. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Not this Sorry. season anyway. Um Obviously, we gave our social media personality of the ball to Sachira Muzovic, um, just an excuse to tweet her. Um, we live in hope that Jesse Fleming one day gets Twitter and we'll challenge her for that title, but we don't think that's going to happen. Uh, the final proper award, so to speak, was Player of the Season. Uh, now, the three of us had different opinions on this. Uh, Jane, you wanted to give it to Jess Carter. Uh, sort of want to explain your reasons why? Yeah, I think sort of when people choose their player of the season, they just sort of either pick who scored the most goals or who's done this, who's done that. But I feel like it's the quieter players that actually have actually sort of helped the team get to where they are. Obviously, Sam scored a load of goals, but then if without Jess in defence and some of the tackles she's made, we wouldn't have got to sort of where we were. So I sort of think I could name a reason for every player to give player of the season, to be fair. But I did think sort of Jess, I did sort of want Jess to get it. Then I wanted other players to get it for sort of different reasons. Yeah, Jess had a, a, a brilliant end to the season. Uh, Dane, you wanted the player of the most goal, Sam Kerr, but I think just to, just James to say just that, ruined uh, me though. No, I'm gonna I'm gonna back you up here because I think that is disrespectful to Sam's overall impact to the team and what she does. Yeah, Obviously, I'm way. not saying Sam scoring loads of goals is a bad thing. <laughs> But it doesn't always have to go to the player that scored the most. Yeah, I know what you mean, but that doesn't apply to Sam, does it? No. No. So (laughs) your pick is valid, Dane, is what we're trying to say. I'll let you have Sam. Thank you. Thank you. No, yeah, I, obviously from, you know, from, from playing football, you know, there was, there was no better feeling when you would see the ball hit the back of the net. And so I suppose it's the strikers union, you know, I'll always notice a, a striker first. I'll always get excited about a a new signing if it's a forward or a striker, obviously not in the men's men's team. Uh, but just watching Sam, you know, she's like the footballer's footballer, isn't she? You know, she's got such a personality about her. She's got that, that smile on her face is like a million dollars. And you can just see, again, like like most of these Chelsea footballers, such a great teammate. You know, another, you know, it can't be easy being being away from family and friends. And we know she's in a long distance, obviously, relationship, you know, and with Christy Muir's and it must be so hard for her, but yet she, she comes on the field and it just seems like it's uh, the, the, the goal scoring is just, 
you know, it's like a killer instinct. And and the thing is, you know, uh, earlier on in the season and, and uh, certain elements of, of previous seasons, we, we've questioned her one-on-one. I think she's such an in- instinct, more of an instinct striker, though, where, we you know, not a lot of time to think about it. And it's turn bang, turn bang, like we see the goals. Uh, absolutely amazing. And I've, I've just so enjoyed watching her goals this season. And... Yeah, and and I, I tried to look the other day. I'm going to see if anyone's put a confirmation of her goals this season uh, on YouTube or something and, and just sit back and watch them because she's outstanding. She's she's world-class. And, you know, if you've got someone banging in that amount of goals, then you're you're halfway to to winning trophies and, and leagues. Uh, but obviously, like Jane says, you, you, you know, you do need the other players, the unsung heroes, the spine as well, and it all adds up. But for me, yeah, I always look at the strikers first. Yeah, I mean, hopefully she wins the WSL Player um, of the Year award. Uh, two moments for Sam actually that stood out for me, and she didn't score in either of them. Uh, it was after the Arsenal match when she just got back from the Asia Cup, and when it was full time and the players went to the huddle, she just fell on the floor like exhausted. Then the FA Cup final in the last minute of extra time, she was the one sprinting back, making a challenge, mm. and that's what I'm saying. That Sam's so much more than her goals, even though she scores so many of them. Uh, but we didn't give Sam the award. We did give it to Erin Cuthbert. And as she scored the goal at Wembley, I turned to Jane and I said, can she just be player of the season now? Is that <laughs> is that enough for you to convince you? And she said yes. Uh, so we went with Erin because it was two to one. Uh, I thought she was great at right wing back. But I think she's really stepped up so many levels playing in midfield. You know, Mia said that we're going to see so much more of her next season, which is exciting because I thought she was so good in the world-class conversation. Um, so she was our, went to Mo Kings Meadow, player of the season. Uh, Mia, who would your pick have been? Player of the season? Erin yeah. uh, Cuthbert, no doubt. I mean, I, I do think that, of, of course, goal scoring is a, a big part of winning games, but I do think that, I don't know uh, which one of you said it earlier on this podcast, but was it, in the Conte Cup final, she wasn't playing. Yeah, yeah she no, out. she's out injured. Yeah, exactly. And I do think that look, looking at the season, and obviously Sam Kerr has scored a lot of brilliant goals, and she has been like probably the difference in some games. But I do think that Erin Cuthbert, the hole <laughs> that Erin Cuthbert leaves, uh, not being on the pitch this season, it's bigger than if Sam Kerr in some games had been away. Because Chelsea has got uh, goal scorers. We all we already know that. But the, the role that Aaron Cuthbert has been taking on, playing in in at in the midfield with Sophie Ingle, I think that's just I I'm actually quite amazed by Aaron Cuthbert this season. Yeah, so that's two yeah, awards so... that you agree with us. So we must be doing something right um, if we're that good. Um, they're not the only winners, though. Obviously, Sam Kerr picked up Chelsea's official Player of the Year award. Uh, she won the London Football Awards WSL Player of the Year, the Football Writers Association's Women's Footballer of the Year, the FAWSL Golden Boot winner, and the WSL Player of the Month for April. Jesse Fleming won Player of the Month for November with Frank Kirby also winning the award in September. Penilla Harder won the Goal of the Month for September and Emma Hayes won Man of the Month for March. 
Uh, and I think the WSL boards are being announced tomorrow, which is the 25th. Um, so hopefully Emma and Sam. So I think Erin's not nominated for that one. Hopefully they get the double there. Um, so yeah, Dane, another season over. Um, WSL winners, two FA Cups in one year. Just something quite remarkable about this team, isn't there? Yeah, it's definitely going to be a trivia question for years and years to come, isn't it? You know, what 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 what, what sports team won two FA Cups in one season? Uh, but yeah, absolutely remarkable. You know, we 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 we've we've heaped praise on them. Uh, we we've always got our blue tinted glasses on when we talk about this team, but it's hard not to because you know they don't disappoint. They're absolutely fantastic and. Yeah, yeah, and another another amazing season with, with with more trophies, you know, tucked away into that cabinet. And as I said, you know, hopefully we can dot the T's and 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 cross the I's and get this get this takeover sorted, so you know we can start seeing you know the ideas and the planning for next season because this is a, this is going to be a great group. Great, great chance to build on something really special and carry on that 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 winning mentality and that animal instinct. And I'm so excited for for, for the potential players because Emma aim for the sky with certain players. So it'd be so interesting to see who could who could potentially come in and improve us even more. Because as Mia said, you know, Arsenal and Man City will be going. I think going quite big in in the summer. I'm going for it next year. So you know, we knew we have a champion. So. I don't know how uh, certain people were writing us off already. Pretty poor, I think. Uh, it's opinions at the end of the day, but you know, it's going to be very exciting times. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I mean, I suppose what's also exciting is you can see the shift happening in this team with the youngsters coming through. You know, led by Aaron Cuthbert, Jesse Fleming, Jess, Jess Carter, um, Sachira as well. She's only twenty-five, I believe. The next phase of what Chelsea women are going to be is already there, ready to take over from the likes of Magda and Panilla and Fran and Sam as they start to reach their thirties and beyond. There's such a there's like two cores of team there, isn't there? The experience and then the next generation. Yeah, uh, obviously, but but I mean, they what what we can't forget is that. This player you, you just mentioned, like Erin Cuthbert, she has been a part of Chelsea for for many years, <laughs> even though she's she's so young. Um, and I do think it's going to be very exciting to see, like, which which way uh, is Chelsea gonna gonna go from here? Because obviously they've been a, a big power uh, in women's football for the last three seasons, but I do think that Chelsea uh, women's team also drives the other clubs to improve. improve. Um, and, and I think that, yeah, probably this season has been the most competitive uh, in the WSL among the top teams. Um, so I, I think it's interesting to see the, the way Arsenal and Manchester, Manchester City uh, will, will will play, just how they will play, because all of these three teams have equal opportunities to, to do really good things. 
Yeah, I think there's going to be a lot of change actually at City. We've seen Georgia Stanway move to, to Bayern Munich, which I think is very interesting. Arsenal obviously kept Viviana Miedema, which is, is huge for them and the league as well. What are Man United going to do? Missing out on Champions League, who are they going to be able to attract? Are Spurs going to build on the success their team have had, quote-unquote, this season, um, given that their men's team also in the Champions League? You know, you've got Brighton finishing ninth in the Premier League. Are they going to give the women's team the investment to try and push on under Hope Powell? Because um, you don't need much investment in the women's game to, to make a huge difference. Um Although I think getting top players is obviously more difficult if you don't play the biggest competition, um, as Man United will probably find out this summer. Um, Jane, just the last thing I want to touch on is obviously we, we said goodbye to, to Jiso Young, Drew Splence and Jonah Anderson at the end of this season. We also said goodbye to Carly Telford uh, halfway through it. Um, sort of a bit of sweet moments, aren't they? Because we've celebrated incredible careers, but also missing... Some, some fantastic people from the club. They are irreplaceable in, in so many ways, aren't they? Oh, yeah, 100%. Each one of them sort of has their own sort of aspect that they bring to the club. And I think because we finished on such a high, it will be something that will stick with them forever. Of course, we found out today G signed for a club in career, which is good because I don't want to see her. I, did, I was sort of thinking, oh, maybe she's going to sort of retire from football. So I'm glad she sort of signed and she, because she's still got it in her and she is just such a brilliant player. And that team in Korea, I don't even know what team it is, to be fair, and I'm not even going to attempt to pronounce it. I'm just going to say the Korean team, she's going to be so, like a superstar for them and they are going to be so lucky to have her. Who won FC? We're the number one fans. Trying to find out how to buy a new shirt. <laughs> need to get G10 on it, obviously. Um, she's actually 91. That's the number that was on her shorts on the picture. I'm sure it was 91. Well, that's a... She's the same age as me, so the year she was born. Oh. Depressing to talk about a player being past it and they're the same age as you. That's been <laughs> so much worse for you, Dane. Um, yeah. but, I, I was just thinking, well, you're past it, so... I feel past it, anyway. Um, <laughs> the last thing we're going to do is to try and rate the season out of 10. Now, we won the WSL. We won two FA Cups. We lost the Conti Cup final and knocked out of the Champions League at the group stages. So out of 10, Jane, what are you going to give the season? Why did you have to come to me first? But <laughs> I'm going to give it a seven and a half. Seven and a half? I think that's very harsh. Uh, Dane, what about you? Oh, 10. I'm giving it a 10. Don't, give, don't come at me with a Champions League disappointment. You know, you're only as good as your last season. This is probably the most competitive this league has ever been. Uh, started off with injuries and, and, and players only only back off their holidays and, 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 and I had 10 minutes of pre-season. We was completely wrote off after that, written off after that first game. And then you had the COVID restrictions and the government sanctions, and yet we've still come up tops and and, and performed outstandingly and won all those trophies. Yeah, cool. Easy 10. Ever the ray of sunshine. <laughs> um, I mean, I don't think you're going to be a 10, but I think maybe you're going to go higher than Jane. Uh, I was actually about to say seven. Uh, so I, I can be the bad guy here. I'm fine with that. Um, oh, yeah, I, I 
do think that, um, yeah, like I said, uh, I I want to see more. It, it's it's kind of bad of me to say stability because you have stability when you win all the time, but it's 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 something in the in the play uh, and everything. Yeah. I want I want to see stability uh, all over the pitch next season. Um, and this season it hasn't been been that for me. Uh, I yeah seven. Okay, I'm gonna sort of split the difference uh, and give it a nine for all the reasons that Dane said, and then all the reasons that Jane and Mia said. I didn't expect us to win the Champions League, but I thought we would have got out of the group at least. Um, and if you lose to a team like Barcelona, Bayern Munich, PSG, Lyon you're losing to one of the best teams in Europe anyway, um, rather than going out because you can't score against Juventus at home. Uh, no disrespect to Juventus. Uh, but I think Chelsea should have been able to beat them home and away. Obviously, they did away, but not at home. Uh, you can rate the season. You can moan at Mia's seven, or you can delight at Dane's ten, I suppose. See where, see where you picture the whole thing. Uh, because... Lots have happened to Chelsea this season. They've won trophies. They've lost finals. They've had really bad moments. But in the end, I think you look back at what you've what you've won rather than what you've lost. And we've got two FA Cups and a league title. Um, so I think we can be very happy. Um, so sadly, another season has come to an end, but there will be more Went to Mo Kings Meadow content over the summer. Uh, I'm going to release the interviews we did with Steve Cuppert, which is Aaron's dad, and Lisa England, who's best mum, last summer on our Patreon. They're going to be released on our platform. So whenever you hear this podcast from, you're also going to hear those interviews. Uh, just remember they are 12 months out of date now. Um, but both players had great seasons, so maybe more players' parents should speak to us. Maybe that's the reason why they did so well. Um, and then... What we're going to do this summer is run a series on the 30th anniversary of the creation of the women's team exclusively on Patreon. Um, so to thank those members that support the show financially, they are going to be rewarded with that content over the summer. So if you want to listen to those episodes, um, we've got a wealth of information given to us about the teams over the years. Um, we're going to speak to some fans that have been to go into games for so many years, um, trying to speak to some old players and uh, Tony Farmer who created the team as well so uh, make sure you sign up if you want to listen uh, all that's left for me is to thank Mia for joining us once again um, just tell the listeners if they don't follow you already where they can find you and, and their pitch yeah I'm going to promote the Twitter account for at their pitch because I do think that Chelsea fans is going to enjoy uh, we have episodes coming up before the Euros with Maren Mielde and uh, Magdalena Eriksson. Uh, good episodes, I think, if I can say so myself. Um, and yeah, just uh, go from one podcast to another uh, off-season. Uh, we have a lot of Euros content coming up. I'm, I'm going to be doing their pitch with a special sidekick uh, during the tournament. And a lot of exciting guests coming on. So I'm excited for that. Interested too. What's great about their pitch as well is it's not time restricted. 
Whereas if you miss a match review, it's sort of it's over. There's no point listening to it once you've played another game. Whereas their pitch, as I do, I pick it up every now and then. And you can always go back and, and re-listen to Jesse Fleming's episode, which I thought was great. Um, thank you again, Mia. I know it's late in Sweden, um, but then you did give the season a seven, so not that sorry, really. Um, no, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. I'm gonna live this yeah. one through. Yeah. Uh, Jane, another season done for us. That's two league titles in our two seasons, two FA Cups, a Conti Cup. I think we're quite successful as a podcast. Yeah, I think I think we've done quite well. We've had a Champions League semi final as well. Final. Um, that's what I meant. Final, not semi final. We did have a semi final <laughs> to get to the final. You won the semi final. We least. won the semi final, yeah. but unfortunately lost the final. But we have had a good two seasons, and hopefully next season we'll have an even bigger bigger season. Yeah, and hopefully some European success. Uh, and Dane, I know. You look in the newspapers, it's Mbappe to Real Madrid. Where's Neymar going to play? But the signing of the season was always Dane Whittle to went to Mo Kings Meadow. Uh, it's been great to, to get you on with us. Uh, I hope you re- enjoyed your time this season. And we need to get you to Kings Meadow, I think, is the next logical step. Yeah, no, w- uh, no, I would, without a doubt. No, it's been an absolute pleasure. It's been nice, obviously. Getting closer with you and and and, and Jane and, and 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 just 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 talking to people like like Mia and uh, interacting with them and all the other wonderful guests we've had on and then and you get the people who obviously listen listen to the podcast and download which obviously we're massively grateful for and and then the interactions and follows you get off Twitter with them yeah no it's an absolute honour and it's it's not just them you know it's just watching this this wonderful team but it. Well, I did realise as well, which 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 was was Mia. She obviously made a few points to Sweden this year. But I've never actually given praise to 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 the only American within within the club. You know, the, the assistant manager Denise Reddy, who 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 New Jersey girl who who who's got you know history with Emma Hayes from from the Chicago days, which they were both deemed not good enough. Uh, uh, for, for coaching, which they've obviously turned around and 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 shown those people right. So uh, praise to her as well as all the obviously the backroom staff. But I got to come from that angle. But no, yeah, no, I've really enjoyed it. It's, it's been a, it's been a nice one tonight. Nice, it's nice to review the season and go over it. But what what you viewers can't see is that Dean's got like this old karaoke microphone. He's been talking out of all night, so I keep on expecting him to break into song. But <laughs> when we the Champions League, <laughs> I'll break into song, and you can choose it as well. I'll give you that. Um, you can follow the show on Twitter at Mokings Me at Dean, me at Jane at Jane Chapel X, Dane at Dwit Nine, and then as Mia said, uh, at their pitch and at Mia underscore Ericsson uh, for her. Uh, we're also on Instagram at Went to Mow Kings Meadow. Uh, thank you to each and every person that's listened to the show this season. Uh, we are amazed that people actually do. Um, it means a lot to us that people do think what we say is good and come back week after week. Um, thanks to our friends in Discord who provide a great community every match day to chat with and every day, really. Um, they don't stop in there. Uh, and a final thank you to those who support the show on Patreon. Uh, giving a small donation to the podcast is, is amazing to us that people do that. And it's able to, for us to do so many things, like have a zoom meeting that doesn't stop after 40 minutes. Uh, we can get graphics made and we can support um, young female footballers through our future ballers uh, campaign, which we'll be doing this summer. 
so thank you to those on Patreon. Hope you enjoy what we're going to do for you this summer. If you want to join them and help support the show, you can do. Uh, the link will be in the description uh, of the episode. That's us done for another season. Come and join us on Patreon, as we said. But until then, from King's Manor to Emily, keep the blue flag flying high. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNuggets share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com.